0: This is the Jesus Over Yourself podcast, where the unadulterated gospel is our foundation. Healing and deliverance is our blood-bought right, and death to our flesh is our daily choice. We exist to equip you to choose Jesus over yourself. Here is your host and sister, Jacqueline Small. Let's get into it.
1: Hey, ladies, welcome into the Jesus Over Yourself podcast. This is our very first episode. If you are new to the joy movement, Jesus Over Yourself equips women to choose Jesus over yourself, whether that's your feelings, your fears, your flesh, or your frustrations. We are passionate about seeing an awakened bride a whole healed delivered bride of Mm. christ and we're so excited that we are now able to do that in the form of a podcast and this is episode number one and i couldn't be more excited to have one of my dear friends and sisters who's also a member of team joy jada height to join me and we're gonna jump right in because this topic is really intense we are going to answer the question Is justice possible? And I know that's a big question, and we could have sub-questions within that question. If you're on social media right now, can you just feel the pressure? Yeah. There's so much pressure on social media right now. And I think you can talk a little bit about this, but just seeing everybody, you know, making an official statement every time we see something happening.
0: Yeah, I've seen so many posts saying things like, silence is complicit. You know, when Mm -hmm. you're silent, we automatically know what side you're on. And I felt the pressure to speak, though the Holy Spirit was not leading me to speak. When I really sat back and thought about the amount of pressure on everyone, but especially believers who are leaders in the Christian sphere online, I couldn't help but realize that it's taking on the form of manipulation. If you are trying to coerce or persuade someone to speak on a topic, to meet an agenda, whether or not they're being led by the Holy Spirit, I mean, that's manipulation. Yeah. So we really need to be careful. It is absolutely okay to be silent. It is absolutely okay to pray (laughs) instead of post. (laughs) Um, It is absolutely okay to be weeping over the state of our nation instead of posting over the state of our nation. And for those who are posting with powerful quotes and messages and you're being spirit led, praise God. You know, he's using all of his body differently right now. So we're by no means saying that people who feel led by the spirit of God to speak on some of these matters are wrong. But should you feel led to be quiet should you feel led to pray fast weep you shouldn't feel pressure to do anything differently
1: and different parts of the body the lord is going to be doing different things yeah. in each of our hearts you know you may have a white pastor who really has been locked in his house asking god to search his heart yeah isn't isn't that what we want The Bible doesn't shift based on what's going on in society. We can't just throw out the part of the Bible that says that the measure in which we judge, we will be measured. Hmm. But what about justice and mercy going hand in hand? What about saying, man, all those who are silent, I pray that God is doing a work in their heart. Yeah. Isn't that where we should be for those who who need a work done in their heart to be doing the work with God, for those who God is rising up with a voice to speak to the injustices to rise up. We, we all play different parts in this. And and, and yeah. as a body, anytime accusation comes in, that is from the accuser of the brethren. Now, we're yeah. not talking about holding people accountable to sin. We're talking about accusing. Accusations come from the accuser of the brethren. Hmm. And so there's just a lot of pressure right now. And I encourage you, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't truly wept and you haven't truly mourned over the killing of Black men and women mm-hmm. over the state of our nation, if you haven't mourned for all that's going on, I want to encourage you to, to step away from social media to really take that time mm. to say, God, give me your heart. Let me feel what you want me to feel concerning all of this and, and just search my heart.
0: Yeah, and We're, then we and then we come in with a kingdom perspective. This isn't the first time within the body of Christ that we try to get people to change their behavior without a heart transformation. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't we all have to learn that lesson in like every facet of our lives? We have to learn that lesson with our husbands. We have to learn that lesson with our friends. That people cannot change their behavior. I mean, they can technically change their behavior, but it's going to just behavior modification. Yeah, it's behavior <laughs> modification, but it's gonna yeah. fall short because there's no transformation of their heart, and so exactly. this is falling into that same category where we're demanding behavior change, but it literally cannot happen without a Holy Spirit heart transformation, which therefore cannot happen. If this person does not live within the kingdom of God, and that's what we're going to be talking about today.
1: And so let's, before we dive deep into this convo, I want to establish what we're not saying. Okay. We're not saying that we as believers should not seek justice because the Bible says that we are to be doers of justice and that God is a just God. And since we're made in his very image, that includes being doers of justice. In Matthew 23, we see that Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and said that they neglected the more important matters of the law, which was justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Hmm. So we know God's people are to do justice and love mercy, which if you combine those two, justice and mercy, that's just mind blowing that those go hand in hand. Hmm. If we just if we just sit on that justice and mercy go hand in hand, like you can only do that by the Holy Spirit. But yeah. if we're going to answer the question, is justice possible? Let's, let's get a little foundation for what justice is biblically. We're all created in his image, right? We're made mm-hmm. in his likeness. And we all deserve to be treated with fairness and justice, with equal dignity and right. And often in the Bible, we see justice as restorative justice. Mm-hmm. Those who are unrightfully hurt or wronged are restored and given back what was taken from them. But you know there, there's this thing that interrupted this beautiful, perfect picture of what it should have looked like as image bearers, which is the fall of man. Fall of man doesn't take away that we are all image bearers who should be treated with dignity and respect, right? Because no matter how much the image of God is marred, whether that's by sin, weakness, illness, whatever it may be, being an image bearer doesn't change. But the reality is since the fall of man, Humans, we have been rejecting God's principles of biblical Mm -hmm. justice. Our solution to injustice is Christ Jesus, who is fully righteous and just and has justified us by faith in the God of all justice. So we in Christ experience this wholeness, and then as believers in this kingdom, we're to extend it. But is justice actually possible here on earth, even if we're extending it in a fallen world? Is that possible? Our answer is no. We have to dig into why
0: you actually are capable of seeking justice, systematically seeing change with laws and things like that. But Mm -hmm. what we're saying is not possible is a total reconciliation, a total behavior modification that is actually rooted in a heart transformation. We're saying that total unity of the world, peace, world peace is actually not possible outside of the kingdom of God. Even within the
1: system, if we see changes made, it will never end because that system is in the fallen world. It will never end. The fight for yeah. that justice will never end.
0: Yeah. Okay. Back to what you were saying our answer is no. Number one, because the world is permanently fallen, mm-hmm. right? We know there's no secret path to world peace outside of the second coming of Jesus. So the beautiful thing is what's going on in our world right now is satanic. This racism at its core is demonic. It's mm-hmm. divisive. Um, it's literally the antithesis of the kingdom of God, the antithesis of the gospel that we preach, the ministry of reconciliation. It's the antithesis of that, But what's beautiful, even in this time, God can actually get the glory out of what the enemy meant for evil right now. The church is actually capable of that kingdom oneness. The church is actually capable of that unity. So as we scan what the world is doing right now, God can use it to grow the body of Christ closer. Mm. But we cannot do it the way the world is doing it. Nor can we expect the world to be unified the way that the church can be unified. So we use this time as a wake up call to get more unified in the church. And then we're able to invite the lost into a kingdom where we are being transformed into perfect unity and peace. Hmm.
1: Can I just can we just talk about that unity for a second? Yeah. i read this probably a couple of weeks ago. John 17, starting at verse 20. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one. Mm -hmm. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. Okay. He says, so that the world may believe you sent me. This invitation we're talking about into the kingdom of God, if we are not one and if we are not unified, can the world really even believe we are in him? Yeah. So he goes on to say 20, in verse 22, I have given them the glory you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, you are in me so that they may be made completely one that the world may know you have me and have loved them as you have loved me. I mean, this oneness is on his heart yeah. for the body.
0: And what's, and what's beautiful about that And what can be messy about that is we have to be so one, you and me, Jackie, me and my husband, all of us, we all have to be knitted so tightly that these conversations do have to happen in the church Yes, so that we can get healed and delivered from the spirits associated with racism. Mm -hmm. When we come into the church, when we come out of the world and we receive Jesus, and now we come into this healthy body, there are things that, and you know this, you could talk on this for hours, that we still need to be delivered from, from our old man. Yeah. Now, some, it will be delivered from lust. Some, it will be delivered from the spirit of rejection. Like I said, you can talk about this for hours, but I think something that we don't realize is that we could actually all... Stand to probably, if we rightly assess, be delivered from spirits associated with racism and division that we've experienced in the world, talking about it, sharing our stories, crying with each other, you know, weeping with one another, and then we're getting healed and delivered as a body so that we stand as a whole healed bride ready to invite, like I said earlier, Invite the lost into a healed kingdom of God.
1: Absolutely. I think we often overlook. I'm just going to, you know, because you know that I love talking about this. Go I think ahead, we girl. Often Go over- ahead. <laughs> Don't get me started. We often overlook when we talk about healing and deliverance, we often overlook things like racism because we just think that we grow out of it because, well, that's just not happening anymore. Yeah. And that's not true, because if you look at the Bible, we're paying for the the sins of our forefathers. Right? If you if you look and we talk about generational curses, if you look at how the spirit of rejection and how insecurity and how everything has been passed down from your grandmother to your mother to you, why would racism, which is actually rooted in a spirit of hate, Why would that just disappear over time? Time does not heal. Only Jesus does. And so we can't just expect if we come from a lineage where there was hate for anybody or anything that that just disappears. We have to check, has this been dealt with? It may not be obvious. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying you're walking around and it's even obvious to you. There are things in my heart that the Lord had to show me only by his Holy Spirit in my healing journey. And I would suggest that many of us have to do the same in all areas and not overlook specifically this area as if it just goes away because of the generation you were born into.
0: Amen. So let's just agree that as we come into the body, we all need to be delivered from our old man. And this is pretty much a guaranteed thing that we all in some way, shape or form have allowed the enemy an open door to, Yes. um, while in the world. I mean, he had full reign in our lives while we were in the world, but there's still that door we let him in to that could still easily exist, like you said, unnoticed um, while still living for Jesus. And it could just take the form of, of naturally gravitating towards your own race in church and not even realizing it or mm-hmm. naturally gravitating towards a certain church, wanting a certain pastor. These are things that these conversations happen naturally in our homes and we don't even realize what it's rooted in. I love that we're talking about this because we're saying that there does need to be discussions about this. We're not discounting that it's just null and void, unnecessary to talk about, but let's handle it spiritually. Let's not wage war with our flesh. This is the perfect segue. We have to remember this ladies, that Jesus did not come to bring peace, but a sword. You know, we're not trying to bring division by calling out, you know, different things, but we do need to call out falseness. And there's a lot of pastors and leaders right now who are trying to coerce people to speak about these things or or using manipulation tactics and basically saying everything that the world wants to hear mm-hmm. when it comes to race relations right now. And it reminds me so much um, of Jeremiah 6 and 13. Mm. So let me just go there really quick. Jeremiah 6 and 13 through 15. From the least to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for unjust gain. And from prophet to priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. I mean, we can Mm -hmm. just stop there. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that there's not a wound, but we're saying that they have healed the wound lightly saying peace, peace when there is no peace. Mm. So Jeremiah is delivering the word of the Lord and he's calling for Jerusalem to repent of her evil. But she continues. It says in Jeremiah 6 and 7 that she keeps her evil fresh like fresh water, that there's constant brutality and violence against others in her hand. So this is basically a warning not only to repent but to beware of many of the false prophets and priests
1: Oof.
0: who who in their desire to seek their own unjust gain because of their own greed they are promising peace because that's what their audience wants to hear. They are reassuring their audience with a false, like you said the other day, manufactured peace.
1: Deception is is deceiving. And we have to understand, Satan isn't coming out saying, hey, this is bad. You know what I mean? It's it's coming across as it could be something good. Satan has this agenda. And if we're not seeking the Lord's leading in every little thing, whether it's who we follow on social media, or whether it's what we post ourselves, we will naturally be led by the prince of this world as we carry out the inclinations of our flesh. Because even though Mm -hmm. the Bible says that we we are no longer under the power, under the dominion of darkness. But if we're not led by the spirit of God, we're naturally operating under the prince of the power of the air, under yeah. the ruler of this age, naturally, because of the inclinations of our flesh. Yeah. So if we let the spirit of God lead us, no power in hell can stop true unity as opposed to this, like what we're talking about, this false manufactured unity that comes from pressuring someone to post. Imagine if we could like see this radar of all the believers of every age, every race who posted something out of pressure as opposed to out of, wow, "Wow, God did a thing in my heart. Imagine if there was like a radar where we could see who had to post out of pressure and who posted out of like a true, a true heart posture where it was like, God showed me this. I have repent. You know what I mean? Imagine if we could see that. I would, I actually don't want to see that actually, because that would be so disheartening. Right. I feel like, <laughs> but this false manufactured piece that when we're pressuring other people, it falls flat. Nothing good, nothing right comes from it. But when the remnant church comes together and we're solidly standing in humility on the true word of God, and we're pointing to the only one who can save. Here's what's going to happen. The body of Christ, when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit, there's always going to be unity because the Holy Spirit's not going to contradict himself. Ever. Never will this manufactured peace which is the kingdom of darkness, right? Because okay, let's just break this down. Kingdom of darkness cannot have true light. It manufactures a look alike. Yeah. Kingdom of darkness cannot have true love. So it, it does its best to spread an imposter of that. The kingdom of darkness cannot have true peace. Sit on that one because we're coming in the days where you're going to have to remember that one. The kingdom of darkness cannot have true peace. It will cause chaos Yeah, to usher in a false sense of it. And then the kingdom of darkness cannot have any truth, cannot have any truth. We have to be discerning in these days and we have to be so postured before the Lord that We are not pressured. Yeah. We are not pressured by anything in this world. And I love when you talk about Jesus didn't come to bring peace, but a sword.
0: It's Matthew 10 and 34 through 39. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter in law against her mother in law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Can I just say, we can also insert our ethnicity into this. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me Mm. but guess what whoever loves their their skin tone or idolizes it over over and makes an idol out of their race usurping that over the kingdom of god or being a christian is Mm. totally out of order i'm seeing a lot right now with I'm a black Christian. I'm a white Christian. And this is this is not going to be popular for me to say this. So Jackie, mm-hmm. just hold your breath. Yeah, um, you know I'm here for it. But, you know, there there's nothing in your faith that is not all encompassed. Your race is under your faith. God created your ethnicity. Mm. You don't have to be something outside of. Your faith in Jesus Christ? Is he not all-encompassing? Did he not create the entire universe? Did he not form you and knit you in your mother's womb? Did he not choose your skin color? Yes, it's absolutely beautiful and it's absolutely necessary for us to all be um, different ethnicities. Every nation, every tribe, every every tongue. That's unity. That displays his glory. That displays his multifaceted beauty. But for us to feel like we have to be something outside of him as if he didn't create that thing. To me, that shows that we haven't put that in its proper place, that maybe our priorities are out of place. See, the enemy would love for us to begin to idolize our ethnicity over our faith. And that's what I'm worried about right now, that we feel like this is one area that we can speak to Outside of being led by the spirit of God, because I'm black, too, or I'm brown, too. So I can speak on that, too, in addition to being a Christian in every other sphere. But this. But it's just it's just not so it's just Mm -hmm. not so. Also wanted to mention this. You know, we're seeing a lot of terminology right now. We're seeing white fragility and white savior complex microaggressions. And we can still deal with them within the body of Christ. We can still talk about them. We can study these things, white fragility, savior complex, microaggressions. But when we get to the end of our research, we will have only rightfully mastered all of the ways that we've been hurt. This type of research holds little power. It's us naming something, highlighting something that needs to be healed. Okay, now that we've identified all the microaggressions, That you've spoken against me. Now what? But this worldly knowledge actually doesn't have the power to heal. It only highlights the ways that we've been hurt. So we have to realize that scripture has the only true power to name, cut, and heal the wounds that we're all struggling with. You know, he said, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword.
1: And then we look at, you know, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you but this is not as the world does, Hmm. right? This peace wasn't actually left for the world. He didn't leave this peace with the world. He left this peace with believers. The world can't have this peace. And so he said, I didn't come to bring peace into the world. That's not what he came for. But yet at the same time, he left peace with us as believers. That tells me we in the body, we can actually have this peace. We can have this unity. We can have this love. And his sword is actually a good thing. His sword cuts between bone and marrow it it cuts between the things that we can't separate right so it's a peace that surpasses our understanding it's supernatural but the world can't have it and so I love that it has the power to name it has the power to cut and to heal and his peace exists for us but it does not exist in the world and I kind of want to touch on that a little bit more because nobody wants to hear this here's the bad news okay we have some bad news we have some good news. The bad news is, in the world, things are going to get more intense. Things will get more polarized in society. Things will escalate. Even if it dies down for a bit, even if we see progress with um, the worldly systems, with laws passed, whatever it may be, this is not over. The crisis will increase. Things will happen again. It will get worse. Matthew 24, it, it discusses the signs of Christ's return. Verse seven talks about nation rising up against nation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: ethnos against ethnos, people groups against people, groups, kingdom against kingdom. That could be government against government.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: We can't suggest that us improving the system in this earth is going to stop what the Bible says needs to happen before Christ returns. Amen. The hearts of those will grow wicked. Even the Bible says that evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse. If we think it was bad 10 years ago, 20 years ago, it's, it's going to keep getting worse. It says evil men will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's in Second Timothy 3. It will continue to get worse. This, the world is Babylon. There's no hope for the world. Yeah. So while it is still good to seek justice, so that we can sin as equals, while it is good to want it, while we should do this in the natural, to solve it before the Lord returns, you know, there may not be that solution. Now, we don't stop trying to change the system. Here's, I think, where we can have a healthy balance. Mm-hmm. We should We should seek to bring change. We should seek to bring justice to the system. But our hope can't be there. Yeah. Our hope and our confidence is in the Lord because the Bible says before the return of Jesus, nation will rise against nation. Yeah. People group against people group, ethnos, ethnicity against ethnicity. Yeah. So policy change is really good, but it doesn't change the heart. It doesn't change the fact that we live in a fallen world and it is being destroyed every single day as we speak, as we await the return of Christ. That doesn't change. We're not just waging war in the natural. <laughs> we're, we're waging war in the spirit. Like we, we wage not against flesh and blood.
0: Yeah. I mean, the whole time that you're talking, you know, I'm thinking some pretty controversial things. Is it literally traumatic to watch these killings? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it so demonic? I mean, to watch it. Oh yeah. Just makes your just makes you squeamish. Like you can't even you can't even watch it. You know what's even so much more stunningly sad to think about? George Floyd, Brianna Taylor, and fill in the blanks of, of the hundreds, thousands that we that have not even been in the media. What's even more terrifying to think about? is me not seeing them in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Now, the thing is, their death was excruciating. But I tell you what they're not thinking about if they're living in the kingdom of God right now in heaven. They're not concerned with how they died. I'll tell Mm. you that. Does it make it right? Absolutely not. Does it make it right for their family still on this earth and their friends? No, it's horrid. But they're not thinking about it right now if they're with Jesus. I'll tell you that. So our number one role as Christians, it's not to say that we can't seek a measure of systemic justice, right? But our goal as believers is to get healthy in the body. Let's, let's, let's get unified in the body so that we can go after our brothers, our black brothers and sisters that are naturally being persecuted against in this way. So that, though it doesn't change the grotesqueness of their deaths, I'm confident of where my brother or sister that was racially discriminated against, where they are right now. I mean, and I know that's not something that's popular to say, but I'm confident that if someone comes against me as a black woman and hurts me, tortures me, even kills me, there's going to be a, a a measure of mourning of absolutely my friends and my husband and my children. It's going to be, it's going to be absolutely terrible, but they're going to know exactly <laughs> where I am. Mm. I want to sit amongst my black brothers and sisters in the kingdom of heaven one day. And I want to sing holy, holy, holy with them. And we're not going to be talking about this world. I can guarantee you that. So our goal is to be healed. Our goal is to be delivered from what we've been through. Talk about it in the body so that we can get healed, so that we can go after everybody. But for the sake of this conversation, after our Black brothers and sisters, use our stories. Use our stories that we've been delivered from, that we've been healed from. I had racism from my own family. Mm. You know, being biracial, you know, in in a black family, and I'm not trying to hold out a measuring stick and say like my my life was harder, but in a black family, you can kind of come home to your mama and say, ma, this happened to me. And mama's like, oh, son, I'm so sorry. You know, (laughs) in my family, no, Mm. no, the very person that I would go to didn't understand that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it doesn't, It doesn't take away these. We we use these stories that we were healed from to go and get the people that are still hurting so that they can receive Jesus so that they can come and live in the kingdom of God where righteousness, joy and peace is what's reigning here. And then I can put my hope in the fact that I will see that black brother or sister in the kingdom of, of heaven, despite how grotesque their death was. I know that I'm going to see them. And that's placing your hope in eternity.
1: Yes.
0: It's not stealing from the severity of what's happening, but it's just not putting our hope in this world. It's saying, no matter what they do to me, what they can do to my body, but that they cannot touch my soul. Right. They can even kill my body, Mm -hmm. but my soul is eternal. So, like I said, our goal is to make sure everyone's soul is rooted in eternity so that no matter what this world does to their body, we know where they're going next.
1: And I think what you just explained was a beautiful balance of we are in the world, not of it. Yeah. You know, we don't we don't deny the fact that we are in the world. But as we live here in this world and we mourn and we go through things in the natural, we are of the kingdom. Yeah. Not of the world like you talked about wasn't popular, it's okay to have the kingdom mind and still recognize in the natural I'm dealing with this. Yeah. That's okay. It's not one or the other.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It's it's not one or the other. And and here's that good news. Here's that good news. The church will be more unified than ever. So we talked about the world getting more intense and more polarized and things will escalate. And I know that I don't want to leave you guys with that <laughs> because that is true. But there's this other truth. That we cannot negate. The church will be more unified. The remnant church, the people who are honoring Jesus, who are surrendered to Jesus, who are intimate with Jesus Christ, who are following Jesus, who have laid down their life. That remnant church, guys, we will be more unified than ever. Hmm. Every nation, tribe, and tongue under Christ will be unified with one mind one heart, one voice, one Holy Spirit Yeah, under one God, loving one another, we will be vibrant in unity. When we begin to really face persecution, do you know our unity will be more vibrant than we've ever seen before? All our opinions will fall by the wayside. All our differences, you don't believe in deliverance, I do. All that will fall by the wayside. Why? Because we are being killed and persecuted. Our unity as brothers and sisters in Christ will come together. The true church. I thought of this the other day. My daughter was playing with her little toy. It's like a, I don't know, like a symphony box. And on each side of the box, there's a button you can press. And each button represents one instrument. And then there's one button that's the full orchestra. The harp by itself is beautiful. The piano by itself is beautiful. All all of these instruments by themselves are beautiful, but my gosh, when you put the whole orchestra together, it's like you can see how God values the diversity in the orchestra and the beautiful body that this makes up, the beautiful body that we as brothers and sisters from every nation, Every tribe, every tongue unified in Christ, how beautiful that is. And we need to feel how He feels about us as an orchestra, as a symphony. Hmm. And this unity, this only belongs to the church. This only belongs to us. It doesn't belong to the world. The world can't have this. Hmm. This only belongs to the church. And when we are in unison as we play as instruments in his body, that new commandment he gave us to love one another just as he has loved us. And he said that they will know us, the world will know us by our love for one another, by this everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. This will cause us to be the light in the dark world, in this Mm. fallen world that we will never see true, complete, full justice Mm. because it's a fallen world.
0: The city on the hill,
1: mm, the light of the world, and I think this this is going to lead us to our next episodes, talking about the kingdom of God. Yeah. We we as believers we have to foundationally understand. Okay, we're talking about this kingdom of darkness, this fallen world versus this kingdom of light. We're, we we want to make this a reality. We want to we want to share this truth that is so foundational to us as believers, and so we'll be sharing that in the next episodes.
0: Yeah, this has been awesome, Jackie. Thank you for having me on the first episode.
1: Thanks. You'll be back. You already know. (laughs) (laughs) Love you
0: guys. Love you guys. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today. If this podcast blessed you, consider leaving us a five-star review. It takes 10 seconds and it makes such a huge impact. If you're looking for more, check us out at jesusoveryourself.com. You can subscribe to our email list shop our apparel and even purchase our joy devotional to go deeper into your healing journey join us next time as we equip you to choose jesus over yourself see you then